Welcome to the LMTP Low Man on the Totem Pole podcast. We're your tough love work friends talking you through your workplace woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer whose client feedback quotes include the term assertively perky, Katie McDonald. And here's your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius, and birthday girl this weekend, celebrating 22 part due, Heather MacArthur. Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm celebrating 22 part due because the first time around on 22 didn't do such a hot job. So I'm, I'm hoping to go for the gold this time. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're walking listeners through strategies, attitude changes, and actions that put you in the driver's seat of your own career advancement. And most importantly, helping you understand what a successful, meaningful career looks like for you. Now, we're super excited. I don't know if you heard in the background, we've got a third party on the call today, which is awesome. Joining us is <laughs> a training and HR guru. <laughs> I can testify that uh, myself. I've worked with her uh, for a couple of years now. And she's mm-hmm. also got this artful alter ego and a penchant for horror films. Yolanda yes. Webb. Yes. Yay. Welcome, Yolanda. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be your first guest today. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Now, we are too. We are too. And we're looking forward, especially to picking your brain about picking your brain. Oh, such a gross word. Okay. We're looking forward to delving into a spirited discussion with okay. you about some of that alter ego and how you bring that into a very buttoned up quadrant of the typical corporate workplace in mm-hmm. human resources. So we're looking forward to kind of getting into how you reconcile the creative inclination that you have. And I want to hear a little bit about your creative inclinations with mm-hmm. that need for a paycheck uh, <laughs> and doing a, as creative a job as possible in what ends up being a fairly traditional workplace setting. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm eager to talk about it. You know, I feel like let me say this. I specifically chose the workplace setting that I'm in because it's it's actually a little less traditional than probably like some other corporate settings. So I work at, I'm an art and design college, Otis College. And I specifically chose that because while HR is, you know, a little bit more buttoned down than maybe some of the like academic departments, it does give me a little bit more freedom. I feel a little bit more free to like let my freak flag fly as it were sometimes. (laughs) So it's great being surrounded by artists and creatives because you know I feel like I can peek my head out a little bit more even within that HR sphere and you know what I like about that is because I've done a little bit of the same I've worked in the entertainment industry for a long time and I train in development and I think when I first started doing it I had people who asked me questions like, well, aren't you just kind of two steps too far removed from it? I just dig showing up and being around the people who are doing it. Even if, you know, I've got a screenwriting background. I love doing uh, scripts and that type of thing. And I just love film. So even just hearing people have conversations, whether it's the finance department that's talking about how they're funding films or whatever, it's just the vibe of it. And what's interesting is 
I don't always get to let my, maybe because my freak flag is a little bit bigger than most people. (laughs) (laughs) With regard to finding a place to do the work that you are so good at doing and being able to kind of ply your human resources trade in a creative environment at the Otis Design Institute, was that something that you consciously had decided when you start putting in resumes to places, I am looking for somewhere specifically that's going to be a little bit of a creative outlet for me or was it a happy accident of sorts which is not bad in and of itself because goodness knows uh most careers are littered and strewn with happy accidents yeah no I specifically when I was looking for my next opportunity it was a happy accident to come across the opening at Otis College but I will say that I specifically was looking at it with an eye towards, oh, this is going to be a creative environment, even though I'm not going to be teaching or necessarily in a creative position, I'm going to be in a creative environment. And so I felt like if I did that, there might be more opportunities for me to be creative that would come up that I couldn't even foresee versus taking a job someplace at like, let's say like something that was a little bit more traditional, like at a, I don't know, like at a bank or, you know, <laughs> <Right>. or something. <laughs> I specifically, I was like, you know, this position within HR is not exactly, it's, it's not, you know, creative per se, but I felt like I still would have a better opportunity to be creative in that creative environment. And even if I didn't, just being around creatives, like the energy there is, I think is a lot different. You know, when we have visitors that come, they even talk about like the energy being different from going to someplace that's a little bit more traditional. So I, yeah, I I specifically, that's why it was like probably my top choice when I was looking for opportunities. That was the one that I got most excited by. Oh, fantastic. From the feedback that you've gotten from visitors to the school, it sounds like that actually has panned out, that the ability and opportunity to be in a creative environment, Mm -hmm. even though... Goodness knows we don't have a whole lot of room to be creative in human resources or stuff. Right. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That's a a really fascinating strategy. When you were looking for this role, were there other places similar to um, the Otis School? Yes. I was specifically looking for creative environment. So I think it's been a few years now, so I have to remember where else I looked. That like looked exciting to me. So like there were jobs with like like in fashion, I guess you would say, like working for different fashion design companies. And then, Uh you know, it's interesting because, you know, I was thinking about it before we did the podcast today. The other thing that I think has been really key is I've been fortunate enough to work with pretty much all of my managers, I would say like the past 10 years, even before Otis, have noticed my creativity and they've encouraged it. So in different ways. Wow. It's really weird, Katie, because like my last position was with a for-profit, huge global company and not traditionally creative at all. But I ended up in this opportunity where I was managing these quarterly events that sort of became like skits. So literally, it was so much fun. 
And I think about that sometimes because my position was not at all like event planner, event manager at all. But I sort of, you know, was working with a boss who noticed this thing in me and didn't discourage it, encouraged it. I think to emphasize for managers, because I have two situations where one, it was very clear that if I was referencing that I was creative, that it would have been frowned upon as if you're here for HR and HR alone. And then I had a situation where I I just from learning from that, that that was an environment that really kind of sucked my soul dry. And when I went to the, the, Mm. the next job that I had, I was very clear, even in the interview process, here's my hobbies, here's what I'm doing on my personal side, here's how it won't conflict, but just letting them know all of who I am. So when they hired me, they hired all of that. And they leveraged me for writing scripts for videos and, and training classes, all those types of things that I feel like as managers to just leverage the whole, I mean, they, they really lucked out because they saved a lot of money for not having to pay vendors for that. Yes. Yeah. Right. And it's a win-win on that level because not only did the company save a little bit of money, but you also got to do the thing at work that allows you to express yourself creatively and kind of plug in a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Heather has said, you know, once you're plugged into something that you actually like love or finding what it is that you're passionate about, like you're a particular genius, then the work isn't work anymore. You're actually playing. I mean, I can't even tell you, I can't even describe what it felt like to be getting paid to basically do something that I adored that was not in my traditional, like in my job description, the job that I took, it was not be the production manager, be the, you know, script writer, be the prop maker. But I got to do that for a period of time. And the the time just flew by. I absolutely loved it. And if managers can do that, and you know, pay attention to that, like Heather was saying, like leverage your particular strengths and your passion, then it's a win win for everybody. Agreed. Um, You know, what's what's funny is I remember having someone come up to me. She was the head of HR. We just partnered together a lot. She wasn't my direct boss, but we were just having a conversation and she was struggling with the motivation of her team. And she knew I did script writing. And she said, you know, you always seem so engaged on your job. It must help that your whole satisfaction doesn't rest on just one aspect of your life. And I'm like, you know what? I never thought of it that way, but but you're right. You know, and when I sat and I thought about it, it's like I had a bad day at work. Well, not all my cards are stacked that that my work really needs to fulfill me in every level because I've got this other thing that I'm really excited and passionate about. And, you know, if you could triple down on that and be excited about your personal life, then you get to kind of divide and conquer what you need to feel motivated. And no one person ends up holding the pressure of whether or not you're happy or not. That's such a great point. Yes. And it's interesting because in both of your cases, I, I am guilty, proud of this myself. I, I'm in the same boat. It sounds like there were strategic steps that you took both in looking for and rolling up on the jobs that you ended up taking. And once you were in there, being really upfront about who you are and where your personality is going to fit into the role that you play in this position. Like Yolanda, you were saying that this was a big part of what you were looking out for when you were doing this latest job search a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. you got in there, you made sure that everybody knew. How did you make sure that everybody knew that this is who I am? Was that strategic as well? I know it is for Heather's got examples of this as well, where she's she's decided, okay, well, this is what I'm going to say about this. And then they'll understand Mm -hmm. where I'm coming from. And that I have a skill set in this particular area, too. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I have to confess <laughs> that I was not as forthcoming when I applied for the job. It wasn't like this stuff was on my resume, and I definitely made sure that I, I spoke about it and I highlighted it and I talked about you know working as a lead and collaborating and this is what I did. But I, I feel like it was almost like this happy, like I'm just going to do what I'm good at. And so, for example, <laughs> I love doing like digital design, like playing a little bit with that. So when we had to do communications for whatever workshops or seminars or whatever, and this is before I was even specifically in training, I did that. And I, and I made sure that whenever I got the chance, that's what I was doing. So I could show her, this is what I do. This is what I'm oh, really cool. great at. And again, like I said, it's probably not the best strategy because what if I had had a manager that didn't pick up on that? Then I would be hitting my head against the wall. But I was fortunate enough, like I had managers who picked up and said, oh, yeah, you do this really well. Continue doing this. And they let me play and do it more and more as I went along. So I'm learning now <laughs> that it, it benefits you to be forthcoming from Jump Street, but I think it also is helpful when you have a manager who can spot that and sort of encourage it and, and you just continue to do it. Because I feel like it doesn't make any sense. Like if this is something that I do really well, right. <laughs> I'm showing you I can do it. Why would you not let me do it? <laughs> That's sort of been my experience. It's like I just, I get in there and look, 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 man, this is what I do. Okay. Do you want this to look good or not? Because if you don't want it to look good, <laughs> let me know. I'll back off. But like, this is what I do. Let me do it. I've not had anybody yet say, oh, no, you know, we don't really want you to work on that, that piece because we would rather it just look like sucky when we send it. <laughs> I, I've not had that. Is I've had a situation, I think I referenced it before, is I was working, I got my first job in entertainment, and it wasn't so explicitly said, but it was kind of this unspoken, because in the entertainment world, a lot of times everyone's, you know, trying to be an actor or an actress, a writer or something, and there was a definite downplay of, don't come here to sell your script and pitch it to people. And so I, mm. the, the goal was never to pitch a script. But even if I talked about writing, I felt like it was going to be seen as a negative. Later, I worked in a different part of the company. And I, uh, this is where I was very straightforward and just said, look, this is, who, this is what I'm about. And I think that my manager at the time I felt safe with, she leveraged it to no, no get out. And what I do as a manager is I want it to your point, Yolanda, if you're great at stuff, why am I going to be upset that I'm getting a extra bonus from when I hired you. I'll ask people when they first start working for me, what is it that they love? What are some of their hobbies? Because even if it's gardening or something, who knows that might come into play. I want to think about those things. What I would say as an employee, don't forget what you're getting paid though for upfront. Mm -hmm. I've also had the employee who was like, well, you know, this is helpful too. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what I'm budgeted for in my cost center. So mm. if you're doing all your stuff and you're bringing additional because of your creative side, I think it's great. If you're doing the creative and dropping the ball on the things that you are getting paid for, that's like a plumber showing up and going, but I'd love to decorate. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, that, that's such a fantastic point. I would say, I guess I've been fortunate in, in that 
so far, I've found ways to combine the both. If I show up, you know, in the stage position, and there's a communication that has to go out. I mean, that's part of my job. That's like what I have to do. So it's lucky that it, you know, it, it's just sort of meshed. Like I'm not like dropping other things. That just happens to be one of the things that I do that's part of my job that I enjoy and I'm really good at and is like gets to tap into that creative more so than maybe other portions of, of my job. But to Heather's point earlier about being like forthcoming, you know, from Jump Street about what it is you do really well, that's something that I guess I haven't done that quite as much as been fortunate to find positions where I'm able to tap into both. Maybe not as much as I would like talking about letting my, my freak flag fly. <laughs> I guess I don't really, I'd like to let a little bit more of it fly, <laughs> I guess. But I, ha I haven't, I haven't had that chance yet. Like I would, you know, I still kind of have to be like careful because as you, as you mentioned before, Katie, you know, HR is kind of like buttoned down. And so you have to be kind of buttoned up a little bit and <laughs> kind of, you know, professional so I can't do too much of it but the parts where I have been able to I do right um, well that's such yeah. an interesting part of the discussion too that I think you're jumping on to Yolanda is what is the moment where you can start letting your hair down and letting your freak flag fly <laughs> as needed? I think all three of us at some point or another, because training largely sits under human resources in the majority of companies for which we end up interviewing or doing projects for, we're always very HR aware about what mm -hmm. they're looking for, what the uh, what the outward appearance is, what the flavor is, you know, th that we have to be a little bit, a l have, keep our shirts a little bit more starched and be a little bit more buttoned up. For every project pitch that I've done recently for clients that have a training opportunity sitting under their human resources position, I'm well aware that I'm going to have to not keep myself under wraps because that's not possible, but uh, <laughs> but to make sure that I come in and rep remember to represent the professional side of myself. I, I can often come in extremely enthusiastic, and I think that's what gets me the majority of the opportunities that I end up getting offered, but I have gone in where my enthusiasm has overridden my my professionalism and I have not been the better for that exchange <laughs> well, and you know what I and I early in my career it's your enthusiasm is a wonderful little thing to enter into I unfortunately entered in with a lot of hey straight talk from Heather's perspective <laughs> and and let's just say sometimes CEOs don't want to hear that from their 20 something year old coordinator <laughs> that was 22 Which part I was one right by. I'm like the whole show press of undercover bosses about talking to people like like I was at that time. Like, I, I had some great input, but I didn't know how to package it. And I'd say now the big focus that I do for myself, as well as when I'm coaching with people is I just go back to safety. What is it that I can share with you to help increase the level of safety you feel mm -hmm. of me impacting your reputation, me impacting your business? You know, when I think of my freak flag, you're always going to get some authentic version of me. I'm still a very direct kind of down to earth style, 
But if I need to button it up and package it and think about the way that I'm going to deliver this message, the message will still get delivered. But, you know, does it need to just be bare naked on the table or should I put it in a Target bag? I'm going to consider my audience when I do that. And I'm not naked on the table, by the way. That's a different job line. <laughs> um, which I'm not opposed to as a career choice if that's what your career choice is. But I come from the, from the place of how do I make people feel safe? And there is a level of kind of roughness that I've got to pull back on and maybe even be a little bit softer. Or there is a little bit more of a polish and button up so that the other person can hear it. And at the end of the day, I have to go back to, I didn't take the job just so I could enjoy myself. Mm. You know, I'm getting paid to deliver a service. So I have to go back to how do I make sure that, you know, whenever possible, take advantage of, here's what I'm great at. Here's some other stuff that I could do. Here's what it could do to enrich the company. But a healthy respect for, it's not my money I'm playing with. Like I'm playing on their Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a little bit of what I think, you know, I've done it at every job that I've had that hasn't necessarily been, you know, creative straight up is sort of you you go in first and you sort of figure out your audience i I come to every job regardless of what it is if i'll sort of like okay i am uh, i hope this doesn't sound awful but like i'm sort of acting in a way like i'm an actor this is my script the job is is my script my boss and my co-workers are sort of like my audience Mm -hmm. and i get a feel for my audience And what I mean by that is to say that I get a feel for who they are, what it is they need, what it is they want. And then I try to give that to them. So some coworkers or bosses are more comfortable with me, like really, really waving my free flag, right? And others, like from Jump Street, like, boom, yes, bring it. I want all of the geekiness. (laughs) I want all of the artistic whatever and others not so much like I have to like you know warm them up Mm -hmm. um before I give them all the freak flag and that when I think about it is actually half of the 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 fun of it is is like sort of figuring out what my audience wants and then giving it to them I I don't know how else to say it except that it's a beautiful thing when you figure out what your audience wants and Mm -hmm. you're able to give it to them in a way that satisfies both their needs and my own creative needs as well. I love that. I think that dovetails perfectly with what Heather was saying about the packaging, the core product that you deliver, the core competencies that you are bringing to the role do not change. Your skill sets, your Mm -hmm. aptitudes do not change. But in Heather's example of how do I want to package this? And in in your example of I, I need to read my audience, it's like improv. You're doing, yeah. <laughs> you're doing improvisational acting. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, because sometimes people can say, and I heard you in the beginning, like, oh, this might sound horrible. I think you can do the acting that you're talking about is what does my audience need and how do I give it to them? It doesn't mean that you're being inauthentic. And I, you know, oftentimes right. when I'm doing a class on influence, I'll call out the difference between manipulation and influence. Manipulation is changing or withholding facts simply to get what you want regardless of the impact on others whereas influence is packaging what you're delivering so that the other person can hear it but you're not changing the intent of the message you're not changing the content in terms of 
These are the things that they need to make a decision. And you're doing it to benefit them as much as you're doing it to benefit yourself. And I think that's the difference. If you're just where I've coached some people where they're so buttoned up, they're so removed that the feedback on them is, I can't get a read on them, so I don't know how to engage, and then that makes it difficult for me to trust them. And I think that's very different than you need something that's a little bit more playful. Do you need something that's a little bit more serious? All those things are part of who I am. I, I am a serious person as much as I am a funny person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean towards the language that my audience speaks. And, you know, if I go to Paris and I attempt to speak some French, no one thinks I'm a native French speaker, but they at least appreciate the fact that I'm yeah. and I'm recognizing that English is not the language of their land, you know, and that's part of it, I think. Yeah, that ties in so well with we're all fairly familiar with disc and emergenetics and all the personality profile ideas, just being able to adapt, not the message, like you said, the message is going to be the same. And the skills that you're delivering in the job that you've been asked to do is going to be the same. But your audience needs information a specific way. And you are uh, you're relaying that after having kind of taken some time to sit back and observe how does the person listening to me need this from me delivering in that manner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only been there because I, I know we're saying because we come from HR uh, that we're familiar with all these assessments. But let's just call out a few of these. So if, oh, yeah. if someone's listening and you're interested in how do I tailor my my message? I you know I think DISC D I S C is a real common one. There's a ton of free content online on it. There's a a great book that I would recommend called The Four-Dimensional Manager by Julie Straw. It's very short. It's very brief. It is written with this idea of the manager and employee, but I use it just in, you know, you working with any human out there and you can, you know, kind of look at what are the kind of the four languages that people speak and how can you get fluent in the ones that are a little foreign to you so that you can work with more people? Love that. Mm. Well, yeah, I am so excited to have gotten to be a part of a discussion where we actually figure out when and how we get to be our authentic selves, but how we also package that authentic self in the workplace for optimal creativity, but also optimal just effectiveness in the roles that we've been hired to play and the way we tailor our delivery to bring that greatness to the work. Piggybacking on episode five, bringing greatness mm-hmm. to your work. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as we're getting ready to close it out, I was wondering, what is the most creative thing you've gotten to do in your workplace recently? Huh. Recently, recently. Um, I would say the most creative thing I've gotten to do recently was I had the opportunity, and I'm still actually working on this, to transfer PDFs, like instructional PDFs of, you know, do this for this, step one, step two, uh-huh. step three, um, transfer it to animated videos. So <gasps> I, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, I'm reminding myself that I actually have to get back to this because I want to wrap it up and like actually do a really good job. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say that that's the most creative thing that I've gotten to do that I'm still doing. I'm still working on um, recently at work. Oh, wow. Do you get to re-script it and do the visual design and the whole nine yards? Yeah. So this is really cool software. It's called Vion. It used to be called Go Animate. 
And I found out about it going to a training conference earlier this year, and I and I almost lost my mind. I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> because this is something that I've been wanting to do, like trying to do like on my own, because I've taken classes and um, Illustrator and the, the Adobe Creative Suite, and it's like I have so much more respect for those guys over at like Pixar and the animators and everything, because it's nuts. It's nuts. Thing. Right. But what Beyond does is it takes 50, 60, 70% of that animated work is done for you. All you're doing is, is you're recreating the characters, you put it in the settings that they've already created. I can script it, I can storyboard it, I can do the voiceover work for it. So it's amazing. <laughs> I literally almost cried. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah so that is um the most creative thing i'm working on at work oh that sounds amazing really amazing <laughs> and i'm so excited to have someone like you working on that yolanda because um i feel like that's going to be such a sweet spot for you and i think sometimes you know you are way more humble about it than what i know your talents to be so let me just play that up that i know some genius is going to be coming out of that oh you are a darling, uh, Heather, for saying that. I, <laughs> I really hope so. I hope I can pull it. I can pull it off. Well, like we learned earlier, I, I, I clearly don't uh, sugarcoat things as previous. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's no fluff. That's all straight talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Well, uh, without being able to get into too much detail, it's, I'm working on a, a cultural behavior restructuring project for a corporate client right now that has me playing pickup sticks with senior management. Oh my god! What? Uh, in a regular setting, <laughs> I've tricked people into let me play games uh, all day long. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm feeling pretty creative. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. I, I you know, I throw out that probably the, the I, I get to do all kinds of uh, cool stuff. I'm not, I'm not for short on creative opportunities around scripting little scenarios and things like that. But I'd say that the coolest part is, I you know, as I partner with the firm uh, executive advisory, that I get to write my book and bring it into the firm and, and get to discuss it. And they, they allow me to kind of champion that and you know that's a really kind of cool thing to have your own little nest little creative idea and it's not part of the company but they're willing to have it be part of it and I think that's kind of cool yeah that is that's incredible and I think if I may speak frankly and do the real talk the colleagues that I've known from executive advisory absolutely see the value in letting Heather be Heather and leveraging all of your Heatherness for optimum <laughs> <laughs> maximum efficiency <laughs> so there are no fools i will agree that this is i have definitely landed in a great spot where they are good about letting everyone be all of themselves and kind of milking that for all that it's worth on the best in the po best possible way so i agree yeah i would definitely piggyback everything katie um just said especially about um executive advisory letting heather be heather and all her heatherness <laughs> um, and <laughs> it's been absolutely like an absolute godsend working with you and meeting you via executive advisory like no joke very mutual we're you're one of our favorite people to work with yolanda so i love this little love fest that we're ending on this makes me happy <laughs> i know i love us well <laughs> <laughs> Yolanda, I am 
so, so thrilled that we could have you on as our inaugural uh, Knock It Out of the Park guest. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. This has been a lot of fun. I've absolutely loved it. Oh, cool. Fabulous. And for those of you listening along, again, extra special thanks to Yolanda for joining us on this episode. And we want to hear from you. If you have a question or an anecdote that you want to share about ways that you kind of cracked open your creativity in the workplace or creative or effective ways that you found to let your freak flag fly at opportune times as you're starting a new job, we would love for you to share that with us on any of our myriad platforms. So if you want to tell us what you're thinking, tweet us at LMTP Consulting, message us on Instagram, low man on the totem pole, all one word, and email us lmtppodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Yolanda. And happy birthday, Heather. Yeah, happy birthday, Heather. (laughs) We're off to party. Talk to you later. Okay. (laughs) 